They have been trying to take a picture of me preaching for 10 years. And every picture is blurry. So I said, John, when I get up behind the pulpit, I'm just going to stand until you take a picture. Because once this engine gets running, I can't turn it off. This has been a hard week. Very warfaric. You, you can feel the winds of resistance whenever you set out to do something for the Lord. And sometimes I know that I'm getting close to what he wants me to do because the opposition gets greater and greater. And as I was in worship a minute ago, I was just meditating on the Lord and I was thinking about the week and how much hell came at me this week and I heard this whisper. And he said in my heart, he said, aren't they worth it? Aren't they worth it? There is no description nor, as the scripture says, understanding. Because his love goes beyond understanding. How much he loves us. And what price he was willing to take for us. And sometimes, in the brokenness, do you experience his love the most? In the pain. Sometimes I experience this love the most. In the lack, in what I don't have, what I need, what I'm struggling in is where I meet him, where his love kisses me on the cheek. And when I know that I'm unworthy worthy, and I don't deserve it, he still comes and he breathes on me over and over and over again. He loves us so much. Whew. He loves us. If you don't get anything out of this service today, please walk away from this place today with knowing how much he loves you and what you mean to him. And listen to me. There is nothing, nothing we can do right or wrong to change that love for us. The way Scooby would say it is I'm a rag of rice. 
miracle rice. <laughs> Some of y'all might say, what is wrong with him? I, I got to do that to stay lighthearted in the suffering, amen? Or I'll start whining and complaining. The Bible says a broken and contrite heart he will not despise. He's not looking for our sacrifices. He's not looking how good we can sing or what we can do. That doesn't matter to him. He's looking for a heart that desires him, a heart that wants him. He don't care about our performance. Let me just say, I can't do nothing without him. I can't bring, I don't bring nothing. The only thing I can bring to the table is a surrendered heart. That's it. Outside of that, nothing else matters. If I don't have the gift, guess what? He'll give it to me when I get up here. If I don't have what to say, guess what? He's going to give it to me when I get up here. I can't lay hold to anything good in myself. But him. And I do believe, I believe he's going to kiss us today. I want to become love. I want love to flow through me. And you know, in moments like this, there's no cost that's too great for that to happen. I want his scent to be pouring through me all throughout the earth, everywhere I go, in my business, in my family, in the practical things in life. I want to live life to the fullest. And I know that his love is the agent to allow me to enjoy my life. And I want that to pour through me everywhere I go. Do you know, sons and daughters of God, that you are powerful? Do you know that you are worthy? Do you know how much authority you have on this earth? Do you know how much energy God has put in you to make a difference in your world? Do you know that you're powerful? We are powerful. In him we are powerful with him and God has called each and every one of us to make a difference through his love and through connection and partnership with the Holy Spirit God has ordained us each and every one of us to watch this overcome if you're not satisfied with your life listen we have the power to change that. Yeah. We are the architects of our life yeah. in Christ. We can make that change through faith, through his word, and through dedication and serving to him. You are powerful. 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 Abby, you are powerful. You are powerful. You know, I love to watch... I remember, what, 17, 16, when you were in the youth group? Yeah, and I mean, I just watched the evolution of God's power in her. Yes. Just begin to, where, where she was, when you, you were kind of like, kind of, you, you were checking it out. You wasn't sure, you believed in God, but man, like he is in you right now. Like you glow everywhere you go. I'm telling you, you are an example to the body of Christ. Come on up here and talk to us for a minute. Tell us what's going on. I need a microphone. Oh. What's the Lord doing in you right now? Like, all right, so 
<laughs> okay. okay. I'm preaching, okay? Yes. All right. So, okay. Five minutes. Okay, Kevin Ray. All right. <laughs> okay. I'll watch the clock. <laughs> I'll watch it with my eyes. <laughs> um, so, hello. Um, so, I'm Abby, for those of you who do not know. Um, I've been coming to the youth group, like he said, for about uh, three, four years, and I have been in this church for about three or four years. Um, and so now I am 19, and I am about to become an intern leader. Well, I'm kind of in the phase of becoming an intern leader, but um, so this past week, um, I'm a member of Chi Alpha, which is a Christian ministry back up in Lafayette in college. and we went on something called Mardi Gras Outreach. So with Mardi Gras, a lot of people take it as an excuse to party, an excuse to go out and get drunk. And so we have a Mardi Gras break for school. We're off of school for about three days. And so instead of using that as an excuse to go out and do all these things and become part of the world, we took it as an excuse to make time for God and to sacrifice our time for Him. And so what we did is that we, we were sent out to many different places and my team went to Texas A&M. Um, and they do not have Mardi Gras break because Louisiana is big on that um, and Texas is not as big on that. And so um, we got to go there with our team and just um, allow ourselves to serve. And so this was over the span of five or six days. And so something that the Lord really like revealed to me and like spoke to me in my heart is that he is worthy of our time. He is worthy of our sacrifice and he is worthy to just give our time to him. And something that Pastor Kevin actually said um, at a service that has stuck with me for so long is that the level of our surrender will be the level of our defender. And that's just something that was so, so powerful and something that I just spoke over and over and over again throughout my time on that trip. Um, and so it was a lot of, you know, just putting aside our pride and putting away our fear and, you know, stepping out in faith. Um, and so we placed ourselves at the lowest of lows, serving and just giving our hearts to other people instead of, you know, indulging and um, just placing all of our focus on ourselves. We focused on the Lord and his heart for other people. Um, and one of my favorite, favorite parts of that was something called two by twos. Um, and so Jesus sent the disciples out two by two to go and spread the gospel and to spread his love. And so that is what we did. We went out two by two. We went out in the cafeteria and we prayed for people. Um, and one of my favorite stories was this girl that was sitting alone. We went to sit by her and asked if we could pray for her. And she looked at us and said, what is this? Um, and we explained to her what it was that we were sharing the love of God and that we wanted to stay with her in prayer with anything that she may need. Um, and she just looked and she said, no thanks, no thanks, I'm sorry, no. And so we just talked with her, not even about God, just about, you know, I like your shirt. And then from there, she just began talking and like pouring out her heart and just like connecting with us so well. And I could feel the Lord just softening her heart. I could feel him pursuing her. Wow. Um, and so as we talked, we were talking about cats. We were talking about our schedule. We were just talking about anything. 
And she just began opening up and softening her heart towards us. Um, and so in the end, she began opening up about how she was struggling with school, that she was a senior, that she was trying to make it through her last semester, and that she was going through it. And so then she poured out her heart for about like 10 minutes. And then we just said, can we pray for you about that? And she looked at us and she said, nobody's ever asked me that before. Nobody's ever asked me this before. Like, I don't know what this is, but yeah. And so, yeah. Um, and so we prayed for her and we asked if there was anything else we could pray for her about. And she opened up about her family. Um, and through our prayer, we just showered her with the love of God and showed her that God wants her. God's pursuing her. And so um, they got her number and hopefully she's going to get connected into a small group and everything. But um, God just will provide. God is a provider. Um, and actually, I was really scared because I hadn't really... I thought that I was going to be homesick. I thought that I wasn't going to be happy there. I thought that I was going to be missing home. I thought that I was going to just really want to go back home. Um, and then God just showed me. He was like, I'm your shepherd. You shall want nothing. You lack nothing when I am with you. Um, and this whole trip, I just like, whenever it was over, I was like, oh, man. Like, how is it already over? Like, and so God is just good. Um, and it is 11.07, so I will hand this back to you because you are the preacher. <laughs> All right, I need you to do one thing for me because okay, yes. the congregation really needs to hear you because you were a sacrifice. All right, I need you to do that in Scooby-Doo. Father, we thank you for this service, God. We ask you today that your will be done in our hearts. Lord, that we leave this place different than the way we came in. Touch us, Lord. Heal us, God. We are here. Our hearts are wide open for you to do what you want to do in our life, God. Amen. Well, Pastor Butch has been talking all last year about mending nets and fixing it. And uh, on the Christmas service, before I got up and preached, he got up and did a 10-minute exhortation, maybe 20. And as he, was pre as he was talking, he said these words. He said, fix it, fix it. And I heard it by the Spirit. It hit me in my spirit. And I knew that God was talking to me that there are some areas in my life that I need to fix. Or maybe another way to say it is focus my energy on. And one of those areas is my business. And so I've started out the gates this year, uh, focusing energy and time and my heart. That's the big thing, putting my heart into something because it needs to be fixed. How many of y'all know that everything that our lives touch is a representation of Jesus Christ? And so as I'm pursuing these natural areas of my life that need to be fixed, I discover something that also needs to be fixed, and that is my soul. Now, when we say soul, we're talking about the mind, the will, and watch this one, the emotions. 
fix it. God, are you telling me to fix it? And the picture that I got in prayer was this. How many of you have ever been in so much pain that you've been on your bed, just rolled up in a feeble position, and you're trying to get comfortable because it hurts everywhere, and you just roll until you get to a place, and you're trying to get comfortable. And that's the picture I saw with the body of Christ, is that's what we're doing with our soul. We're trying to get our soul in a position where it's not hurting anymore. And you see, there is a constant assault on our mind, on our will, and our emotions. I'm saved. I gave my life to Jesus. My heart is his. My heart's not the problem. It's my mind. It's my will, and it's my emotions. It's my soul. My soul hurts. It hurts. Sometimes I even wonder, what is wrong with me? Because on, in, on one hand, my heart is pulling me one way, but my mind is pulling me a different way. This week and, and many other weeks alike, uh, we'll, there's so much going on in our life. Listen, we're getting hit from every angle. And you guys are no different than us. I mean, you, you're exposed to the same world that I'm exposed to. And some days we get to a place that we can't even take it anymore because our soul is on overload. My soul literally gets fried. I get to a place that things are going at me faster than I can get on my knees and pray. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? And it's a real problem for every one of us. We're all exposed to this type of warfare of the soul. And God is calling us today to get a handle on it through the help of his spirit, and through the help of his word, and through the help of one another. We all bring something to the table. Fix it. The title of my message today is called Broken Walls. Broken Walls. Broken Walls. When I look at this wall, I, I think, you know, this is how our soul looks. And throughout the course of our life, the enemy has attacked us. The world has attacked us. My best friend attacked me. And this happened to me. And the problem is, some of the gaping holes, I don't even know are there. And I wonder why I act a certain way, either an action or an inaction, but it's because I have broken walls. What causes a drug addict to keep using drugs? Broken walls. Injuries, hurts, things. His soul has been compromised. It's been tampered with. Why do I keep doing what I don't want to do? Broken walls. How many times have we come in a service just like this and the power of God is moving and the anointing is flowing and you feel God's presence? You might even make an altar call and you're tingling. Amazing presence of God. But then you go out of the 
church, someone cuts you off on the road, and something comes out of you that shouldn't have come out. What's the problem? Broken walls. Broken walls. I remember one time years ago before sanctification, we can claim that, right? I was coming to church, and I remember it was uh, Blake was playing, my son Blake was playing uh, football, uh, middle school football, and we were traveling to, I think, uh, West Monroe or somewhere after church to go watch Blake play football. And uh, I remember, man, it was a great service. We left out, I got my little family in the truck, and we're heading out, and uh, we stop at McDonald's to get a couple of cheeseburgers. And I don't know what happened, y'all. How did I go from the glory to maybe it was the McDonald's drive-thru? I don't know. Maybe it's because they didn't put onions on my cheeseburger. I don't know. But I remember driving down the service road, and I was so angry, I took the cheeseburger, and I just squashed it, and it was like cheese and pickles and stuff coming through my fingers and I was so mad and I went to throw it out the window and the window was up (laughs) and then I got I lost it I got furious what 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 happened broken walls broken walls I remember there was a a young man who was what an anointed musician and but this young man I'm telling you when he played any instrument the glory of God would come but had so many broken walls you couldn't tell him nothing on the platform he would drop his guitar and and walk out in the middle of the service I'm talking about leading worship and if he didn't like something he just walk out the church in the middle of the church service What's wrong? What's wrong? You can say it. Broken walls. walls. Knowing it. So you can be saved. But it doesn't mean that we've become sanctified. I remember the first thing that left me when I got saved was I stopped cursing right away. That gone. I mean, it was a miracle. Like, I'm like, I had to learn how to talk again because all my words were... We're changing up. I, everybody thought I was just quiet and humble, but I just had no words. <laughs> but there were other things that there were still holes in. And, and, you know, I asked myself the question. I even I pondered this question even as I was preparing this message. God, how can... I get saved and boom, I feel a change and I know there's a distinct difference in my heart, in my life, in my desires, but yet I'm still struggling with some big gaping holes in the area of identity in my life. What, why is that God? Why? And I'm asking God that question. And this is what came to me. Numbers chapter two. The Bible says that God left a few giants in the land So to teach the children of Israel warfare. 
because they were the third and fourth generation from those that the Israelites that went to war, that saw the Red Sea open, that walked through the desert with Moses. And so they didn't know war. So the only thing that I can figure out is the reason there is still a struggle because God doesn't want me to get apathetic. God wants to keep me on the edge and pray. Because here's the deal. At the end of the day, those broken walls turned me to him. The reason I turn to him is because I, I got some needs in my life. Are you with me? I need him. To fill up some of, hey, look, he's a masonry, he's a carpenter, he, whatever, I play, God will come in and put plaster in your hole, right? So what I want to do just for a few minutes, I want to read you a scripture in Proverbs chapter 25, verse 28. Are we on to something? I think we are. Whoever has no rule over his own spirit is like a city broken down without walls. There it is in the word of God right there. Whoever has no rule over his own spirit. I remember one time I was at the YMCA and I was doing my workout. Now this was in sanctification. So nobody judge me here, okay? I, I'm vulnerable, I'm an open book. I, I'm not gonna tell you I'm something I'm not. I struggle too. If you're looking for another pastor that don't struggle, I ain't it. I'm just telling you. I have my own struggles, and I'm just going to be real with it. And so I'm at the YMCA, and I'm on the phone with my son Blake, and it's an important conversation. And as I'm walking around, I'm like, I keep feeling. You ever felt somebody looking at you? I mean, but have you ever felt somebody shooting daggers at you? Like, I, I mean, like, and so I just had, and so I looked, I looked over, and there's guys on a bike, and he's just, And he, I mean, he, look, I'm not kidding you, y'all. I'm telling you. I'm talking about throwing stars coming out of his eyeballs. I'm like, did I say something wrong? What the? I, what's going on? And so I'm still talking to Blake. And, and, and it was something serious. It was a serious. It was about a, a job opportunity. And, and man, we're, we're talking. And I'm not even. And, and it's, 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 y'all, it's getting worse. He's looking at me. Now it's like he doesn't stop pedaling. And he's just like, like, you know, he wants me to know that he's, that he's looking at me. And finally, I'm like, what? 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 What, what you want? What, what, what is it? And I'm like, y'all, I forgot I was saved. I, I did. Some, some click. Like the switch got hit. And like, I, I'm, I mean, I like went at this dude. Right? And, and I don't even remember, man. It was like a flash. Before you know it, I'm like up on him like this. Like, what, what you, what, you got something to say to me? And y'all, that's not me, man. That's not who I am, right? That's not the expression of Jesus. And then when I saw my wife running off the treadmill, I'm like, it's really bad now. Because Shalmet, if she, if she think it's bad, you know. You know what I'm saying? You know how Shalmet fight, I'm huh, Brandon? I mean, like, it's like them girls in school, you remember? Looking for a fight. She's looking. Wait, so anyway, she's like, I can hear her coming off the treadmill. Kevin! Kevin! Yes, mama. <laughs> and me and this dude is going at it, right? I mean, like, and, and I'm saying, I'm not cursing. 
But I'm letting him know how much I'm displeased with him. You're a jerk. I mean, I'm like straight up telling him. And, uh, and I, so I went off. And then the YMCA director came out of her office. And like everybody's pedaling on a bike stop. And they just they watching this. This is in New Orleans, y'all. I'm like in the hood, right? And I'm going off on this dude. And he's going off on me too equally as much. And then finally John comes over there and it kind of all. And then I'm like sweating, not from working out. I'm sweating from him. And I go sit on one of the machines and I'm just, I got to cool down. And after about 10 minutes of sitting there, here comes the blessed Holy Spirit. The one thing about ha having broken walls and you cross them things is you got to go back through them. Yeah, you, you can do anything you want in Scripture. But I guarantee you, if you do something that the Father does not like, he's going to come and let you know you got to get it right. God, man. Y'all don't know I was mad, man. I was mad at this dude. I wanted him to know he was wrong for judging me. Because, hey, look, they had a, one of the rules on the, on the 10 rules for the YMCA was, we strongly suggest that you do not talk on your cell phone. Watch this. I was right. While exercising on the treadmill. So I was right. I wasn't on the treadmill. And I wanted to prove that point. And so, and so he judged me, right? And so after 15 minutes, man, I couldn't take it no more. The Lord is just working me over, dude. More than I worked him over. And I'm like, all right, Lord. And so let me go tell this dude I'm sorry. So I, and like, I'm not even in the wrong. I don't feel like I'm in the wrong. But I'm going to tell him I'm sorry. Broken walls. And so I go over there, and I'm like, hey, man. I said, look. And when I walk away, he goes. And, dude, I could see his lip was quivering. Like, he saw it. And then I said, oh, my God. Look what I, this is never what I want to produce in someone. Like, I never want to be a person that embodies fear or intimidation. It felt good for a little while, though. But I don't want to be that person. That's not who Jesus Christ is. I, as, much, as much as my flesh might enjoy that, my spirit says no. And because I live by the spirit, because I'm a believer, because I'm a Christian, and because I honor my God, I'm not going to let my flesh win out. And so I, I start talking to the guy. And I said, man, listen, I said, I'm a follower of Jesus. And I said, what I did was completely wrong. And I said, I did not express to you who my Lord and Savior is. I said, will you forgive me? And man, it took everything that dude had to forgive me. Like, I mean, grinding his teeth. Like, you know how, like, he didn't want to do it, but he did. And then it started coming together for me. This guy's practicing an alternate lifestyle, okay? And the reason he was judging me is because he feels judged. And no matter, he doesn't understand forgiveness because not only does he feel judged because of his sin, 
but his own conscience is judging him. And no matter how much somebody might get in agreement with his sin, he's always going to feel judged. So those that feel judged will also judge others. So I should have came at him with something completely different. I should have walked over there. The Bible says a soft answer turns away wrath. I should have said, hey, man, I'm, I'm on the phone. I, I, I'm sorry. I said, you know, uh, am I bothering you? That should have been my spirit behind it. But something snapped in me. And what, what it was was I felt judged. I felt judged. And, and he was judging me. And so, but because there's still an area in my soul that needs to be repaired, because there's an area, even though I love God, even though I'm serving God, even though I strive for holiness and I strive to please the Lord, there's still an area where the enemy got in and, and the flesh ruled out and done something that was out of my characteristics. Do you see that? I can't tell you how many people of God, even ministers and pastors and preachers, people that have a call of God on their life, music musicians, etc., etc., go home and cry their eyes out because they're depressed, because their mistakes are always before them, because they feel condemned, because they don't feel like they're on the right track with God. People that love God, people that are called with a purpose, have It ought not be. It ought not be. The Bible says he that has no rule over his own spirit. And that's what I believe the grace is here for today, for all of us to tap into today. So not only do we walk with him, not only do we exemplify him, but guys, we live him. It's time to live him. How many of y'all would say today there's more? How many of y'all know there's more? How many of y'all tired, sick and tired of the same old thing happening over and over and over again? How many, tell me right now, how many times? I'm tired of the torment. I'm tired of the assault. I'm tired of the affliction. Well, we say today in the name of Jesus that it's declared broken by his spirit and by his power. Jesus, everybody say this with me. Jesus, Jesus I'm, powerful. I'm powerful. I'm loved. I'm, loved. I'm, beautiful. I'm beautiful. I have a call on my life. And your spirit lives in me. I will meet my destiny. And I will change my world. In Jesus' name. Why is my wall broken? No, not that part. Why is my wall broken? Why is there a gate? I just want to look at this real quick. We're going to go through this quick. I'm going to give you three reasons why the wall is broken in many of us. And then we're going to talk about the solution. This is a typical, topical Kevin Ray message. We're going to talk about the problem, and then we're going to talk about the solution. And I got 30 minutes to do that. So here we go. Number one, why is there a gaping hole in my soul? Number one, the wounds of the past. The wounds, the reason that the lie sounds like the truth is because there is a wound inside of you that when the enemy comes and whispers, you believe it.
Because I thought I wasn't good enough in high school to hang around with certain people. Because I thought I wasn't good enough to play football. Because I thought I wasn't good enough as a businessman or as a pastor or a preacher. When the enemy comes and lies and whispers to me that I'm not good enough, do you see how it sounds like the truth? Because someone told me, you're not good enough to play football. A wound. And it even goes deeper than that. Things that have happened to us. I said it earlier, why does drug addicts do what they do? A lot of times there's wounds. Childhood wounds. Things that have happened to them. Soulish brokenness that they have not been healed from. The hurt is deep. The pain is deep. And they're still struggling with unforgiveness in their heart. And therefore, when the enemy speaks a lie, they believe it. Because it's hurt. There's pain in them. That's how it's accelerated. That's how it's believed. The wounds of the past. I want to let you know there's a healing process that comes into play. David had the same problem. 1 Samuel 18, 27. Therefore, David arose and went, he and his men, and killed 200 men of the Philistines. And David brought their foreskins, and they gave them in full count to the king, that he might become the king's son-in-law. Then Saul gave him Michael, his daughter, as his wife. I want you to look at this for a second here. Wounds of the past can come from what you've done, as well as what others have done to you. Because I've done some things to other people that really mess me up in my soul and it and, and really scares me even today. Like I don't trust myself, I don't trust myself. I really don't, that's why I stay submitted under the word of God and submitted under his spirit because I know in my flesh there's no good thing. But David, is, it says here that he went and killed 200 men, 200 Philistines, and when we read this, we really don't read it in a negative connotation. We read it more in a positive connotation that he killed the Philistines, which were the bad guys, and he got the daughter of Saul for it as the bounty for it, okay? But I don't know if you see what I see in this scripture. There was 10 commandments that was given to Moses, and the scripture said, thou shalt not kill. And he killed 200 men for, I don't know about y'all, but today, wouldn't that be sin? You go out and murder somebody. I mean, I know some of you single people want a husband, want a spouse, want a wife. But my God, please don't go kill nobody for it. I know some of y'all like, I'll do anything, God. But it was sin. It was a wound that he opened up to. And I think most of the times that every time he must have saw that woman, Michael, he must have thought about his sin. How many of y'all know sometimes the wounds of the past, the things that you've seen and done, sometimes you rerun into them and they're a reminder. I remember one time I was in Plaquemine and I ran into my dope dealer and I'm like, oh, I literally, when I saw him, I started shaking on the inside. I started, oh my God. And like, I literally had to get out of there because there was a wound from my past. And, and there were things and things that, I, there was people that I hurt. And when I would see people, it would be a reminder of who I used to be. Yes. Wounds of the past. And I don't think it was no day. Every time David probably looked at Michael, he thought about the 200 men he murdered and killed. And here's the thing. When you do that, those wounds, those sin, it gets easier to do it again. 
Then later we know he killed his own man. He killed his own man. What was his name, John? Uriah. Uriah the Hittite. He killed his own man so that he could commit adultery with a woman. Sins of the past, the wounds of the past are constantly trying to pull you back in to that hole. And we've got to refuse them. We, we, have, we have got to stand against them. I remember I owed a lumberyard money from my sinful days. And I remember I never wanted to walk in there. And, I, and because every time I would walk in there, it would be a reminder of that thing. And I had to stay out of there for a long time until the Lord could heal me and build that wall back. And now that, that's one of my best accounts. And they will say I'm one of their best accounts today. So there is a reversal of the wounds of the past. Psalms 51, 14. David said, deliver me from the guilt of bloodshed, O God. The God of my salvation. Listen to this. It's still on him. He's still carrying this thing, man. You got to see this, the wounds of the past. Deliver me, God, from the guilt of bloodshed. We just got to be able to identify where these holes are in our soul. Man, I, a lot of times I'll have, I'll have dope dreams. I ain't used in 12 years, man. Can I just be real with you? I mean, I'm sleeping, man, and I'm dreaming about something that I don't even agree with. I don't want it in my life. But after 12 years, I'm still having dreams. And, and automatically, you know, I'm like, God, you know, the first thing is to be introspective, right? It's like, what's wrong? Oh, God, do I want to you? And, and like many mornings, I get up and I'm like on my knees saying, God, please forgive me. Please forgive me. I didn't mean. And I think that's good. I think that's good to ask for forgiveness. Because I want to make sure there's nothing in me that's, that's wrong. But I do know there's probably broken walls that God is healing. And I'm going to stay the course. I'm going to stick to it. And I'm going to tap into something that he's given me. Isaiah 60, 18. It says, violence shall no longer be heard in your land. How many of you want to stop hearing violence up here in this land right here? Right here. This is where the assault. Neither wasting nor destruction within your borders. But you shall call your walls. Say it out loud, guys. Salvation. salvation. Your walls, salvation. And your gates, praise how many how many y'all want to plug up the holes somebody better get that praise on up in here you know somebody better remember what we were saved from and go back to the well of thankfulness like John was talking about and begin to declare the wells of our salvation that they would spring forth in us and remember what God has done in our lives you know if I can remember that I can walk in the hardware store with my head held high because I know I'm saved, I know I'm changed. Even though you might be judging me, I'm not gonna come under that judgment because I know who I am yeah. when I remember. Do y'all see that? Wounds of the past, bring it to the cross. I wanna tell you, it gets better. It gets better, no matter what you've been through, no matter what trauma, no matter what mistake you've made, no matter who's hurt you, no matter what you've been through, it gets better. It gets better. Number two, reasons why. These are the three reasons why we have gaping holes. And there are others, but these were the three I chose. Number two is the flesh. The flesh. 
the flesh will bust a hole. I'm talking about, I can see it right now. You ever saw those cranes with the balls on it? I, the flesh is looking to swing its ball through that wall and all hell come through because your flesh wants what it wants. It wants to be satisfied. And nothing will bust a hole quicker than your flesh. Romans 7 verse 15 says, For what I am doing, I do not understand. For what I will to do, that I do not practice. But what I hate, that I do. Verse 18. In other words, he's saying, I'm doing what I don't want to do. I keep making the same mistake. And really what he's saying is, here's where it's coming from. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh. Everybody say flesh. flesh. Nothing good dwells. For to will is present with me, but how to perform what is good, I do not find. In other words, the flesh in him is always wanting to do bad. Always wanting to take him, his soul, captive into what it wants. How many of y'all ever had to fight a Taco Bell craving? <laughs> I'm fighting a Popeye's one right now. Shoo. Man, them, uh, them grilled ch black and chickens are off the chain. But how many of y'all know sometimes it's good to starve the flesh? Amen. When my flesh starts acting up, I'm like, you going to start acting up? I'm going to put you in your place. We're going in a three-day fast right now. And that flesh starts screaming. <laughs> Don't get around me either. I'm just telling you. It be YMCA on you. I'm just telling you. When I'm fleshing, when I'm, when I'm putting my flesh down, when my flesh is being put down, and sometimes they don't know why I walk into work and I'm grumpy because I don't tell anybody I'm fasting. But I know my flesh is getting out of control. I know the thoughts that are coming in my mind. And I know I got to say, listen, God does not. Here, here's something we got to learn, okay? Because I don't want you to get this from a religious perspective, all right? God is not making us fast, okay? He's not. I don't fast because God's making me fast. I fast because there is a warfare against my flesh and I honor him because I want my spirit to feel him, to connect with him. And a lot of times my flesh is the opposite of what he wants. What's coming out of my flesh? Are you here? A young man I was counseling. Um, I've been counseling for four years and he's been struggling in an area. And let me just say, of warfare, it's probably one of the most difficult warfares to overcome. And this is what he told me. And I've been, we've been praying with him and he had given into it. And then he repented. He said, no, 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 it's not. Because he started believing it was, it was okay. It was a, a temptation. And so this is what he told me a, a few months ago. He came to me. He said, hey, I, I want you to know that I, I've been drinking a little bit here and there. And I said, of course, you know, that got my attention. I said, okay. And he says, and he said, now that I'm drinking, he says, the torment and the warfare that I've been feeling has gone away. 
I told him, I said, boy, don't you believe that lie for one second? I said, the enemy is building up a barrier around you and you don't even know it. I said, you trying to, you trying to fill your gaping holes with bottles. But when the enemy's ready to crack through them, you're going to be the one to get cut. You can't, you can't fill your wall with things of the flesh and expect to get a spirit result from it. I mean, people got hit by the power of God in here going out and saying, man, let's go celebrate, hit some shots. How many of y'all know that ain't right? The Bible says, be not drunk with wine, but be filled with the spirit, singing psalms and hymns and making melody in your heart unto the Lord. I, I, I can just tell you that, that one I feel clean, the other one I feel dirty. I just know there's better. I just know there's better, the flesh. I'm going to tell you this. Any believer that's carnally minded is a miserable believer. Miserable. I don't want to be that, man. I don't want to be carnal, earthly minded, thinking about things on this plane I want my mind set on things above, set on him, set on his love. And so the praise the problem, y'all. They're broken walls. There's a sick soul. And, and that's the enemy that we're fighting today. Listen to me. The, the, the warfare is right here. The reason I can't connect with Jesus, the reason I can't connect with the Lord, it's happening right here. It's my soul. My soul is keeping me from a spiritual connection. And I got to break free. I've got to get my flesh subdued. I've got to remember to think upon good things, on noble things, on worthy things, on my salvation. Everybody say this with me right now. Say, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus I, invoke I invoke the river of God, river of God in, me in me to shelter me, to shelter me from all the demonic attacks, all, attacks. all of the wrong thoughts, all of the condemnation, and I declare I'm free in Jesus' name. Y'all, I got like 16 minutes. I got to get through this thing. All right, number three. Three reasons why we're under assault. Of course, you can't, you can't leave old Slewfoot out. The wiles of the devil. Paul said in his writing in Ephesians, that we need to watch for the wiles of the devil. We need to know what we're dealing with, y'all. We got to know that this is a spiritual war. And the assault today is like never before. Listen to me. I just listened up. I don't know if any of you have heard. Can't remember his name. John Eldridge, thank you. I listened to his podcast, and one of the things he said in his podcast was, we're living in gnarly times today, like has never been seen in the human race. What is happening to the soul? He said, we don't even know how or understand what soul care is. We don't know how to take care of our souls because of what we're exposed to on a daily basis. And I'm telling you, the enemy, there is a warfare that we're dealing with right now.
that I, I want you to see right now. Of course, I can sit here and tell you about the lies. I can tell you about condemnation. I can tell you about fear. I can tell you about all these things. Let me read you something that somebody wrote me in my inbox this week as I was preparing for this sermon. They said this to me. This is the warfare. This is today. This is what's happening right now. It says, please keep this between us. But if you could please pray for me, I've been dealing with a lot of guilt from my past and it's hindering me from moving on with and having real peace in my life. I've been having bad panic attacks and anxiety, especially about death and I don't know why. I started thinking about my mom and my aunt and how they died and it automatically plays into my head that it's gonna happen this is real warfare. I hate the fear. I've been reading my Bible and the Bible plans, and I just need a breakthrough before it gets the best of me. I honestly think that's most of us. Another inbox this week. Conversations going up. This woman of God, powerful woman of God. We, we said to her, you need to slow down. I don't know when you rest. And this is what she said to us. Yes, it's true. And while I want to help people, I feel like I want to run away. I don't know how to get off the wheel. I know God wants us to be a blessing. But, we can, but when can we just be quiet? I find myself depressed most of the time because it seems I help everyone but no one checks on me. I'm exhausted. The wiles of the devil. You got to see the, the wars in, in the soul. The war is for the soul. Because I need my soul in compliance and in alignment with my spirit. Where Jesus dwells. I got to get this right. This is it right here. Most of the counseling I do is in that area. People that are struggling with carnality that do not know how to cast their cares because he cares for us. I mean, if we just brought it down to that, that's as simple as I can say it right there. The wiles of the devil. Watch this. This is his new tactic. Daniel 12, 4. This is what he's doing, y'all. But you, Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book until the time of the end. Everybody say the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro. We're sitting in Planet Fitness, my wife and I, on Friday in the parking lot and just observing people coming out of their cars, going back and forth. And there was almost a panic and a rush upon every person one lady grabbed her bag and i mean she was moving another lady same thing like person after person i said john do you see it i said do you see the frenetic rush that's on people people don't know how to be quiet people don't know how to be still within themselves but listen this is biblical this is the end time warfare that we're dealing with 
The devil's end time warfare is busy. I believe that with all my heart. He wants to keep us busy so he can keep us distracted. And if we get distracted, we're going to get attracted to something we got no business being attracted to. But not this church, not this day. We're rising up in the name of Jesus. And we're going to grab hold to his word. And we're going to grab hold to his spirit. And we're going to believe who we are in Christ. Baby snake. Rowdy calls me, Rowdy tells me the other day, he was like, he said, uh, hey, he said, uh, when I was at Bethany, Rick Bazette used to preach, and he said, man, it would be so good. You know, Brother Larry was out on missions. He said, man, why? And he said, then you come, pastors out of town, and you preach. And he says, I got it. He said, you know, the most dangerous snake is the baby snakes. <laughs> he said, they ain't got no filter. When they shoot venom, they shoot it all. He said, those adult snakes, he said, they learn. You shoot a little bit at a time and preserve. He said, them baby snakes. Listen, I woke up at 445 this morning, Rowdy, and I said, out of my sleep, I went, baby snake. <laughs> and and, and John, John said, what? <laughs> Somebody better rise up with some venom of the Lord up in here and begin to shoot and take down everything that's trying to take you down because God has put something lethal inside of each and every one of us. And it's time to rise up. It's time to declare. It's time to decree over our life. Man, I'm running out of time. All right, I'm going to have to move. There's a warfare, guys. There's a warfare that we're in. And I just want to say this about this, and we're going to move through the points really fast. I just need you to stick with me, okay? So, have y'all ever seen... Okay, so, we, we have to get the devil on our turf. You can't fight him on his turf. You got to get him to fight. You got to bring the fight where you have the advantage, where we have the advantage. And what he's trying to constantly do is pull us out of the spirit and pull us into carnality and pull us into a lie. But we've got to learn how to bring the fight to him. Y'all ever saw an eagle and a snake? I mean, I watched, I watched a video, y'all. Look at that, look at that uh, saliva coming out of the snake at the eagle. Y'all see that? But I watched this video. And, and this, this eagle, oh my God, precision vision, precision, precision. Everybody say, I need precision vision. You got it. You got it in him. And this eagle is coming, man, and he grabs this snake with these talents, and they're so strong, those talents. He grabs this snake, it's a water snake, and it's a venomous snake, and he's going up in the air with this snake. And what happens is, when the snake is in the air, he gets discombobulated. And he loses all control, all dexterity in the snake. And the snake, it's funny, man, because the eagle's carrying him up, right? And the snake is trying to strike. And he's got plenty of distance in his body to strike the eagle. But he's, like, striking the wrong way. He's, like, striking at the air. And that's how the enemy is when we grab him and we pull him into our sphere right here. When we bring him in, hey, listen. 
Listen, there's a real enemy. There's a real snake, but he's been defeated. He's been defamed. And the power has been given to you like the eagle to pull him up into an atmosphere of prayer where you can pull down every stronghold in the name of Jesus. We got to bring the, we got to, we got to change our methods and our strategy of how we're fighting him. And I'm going to show you real quick how we're going to do that. How does my damaged soul get fixed? I'm going to give you four quick points. Number one, we got to draw near to him. I know this is elementary stuff, but I want the Holy Spirit to take you deeper and empower you to do this. Mark 6.31. And he said to them, come aside by yourselves to a deserted place. Everybody say rest. And rest for a while. For there were many coming and going. There's that to and fro again. And they did not even have time to eat. Y'all, I just went to Prayer Lake because I had to. I was about to go YMCA on somebody. Like, I'm serious. I needed to take my soul out of this world and bring it to a place where I could, what, rest. Where I could rest. I want to tell you right now, rest is a warfare. Rest is a weapon. You want to beat and defeat the enemy? You want to take him up in the air? You better get some rest in the spirit first listen to me there is something that your soul needs that it is not getting because you don't know how to turn off the distractions the scripture says go into your closet and what shut the door how often are you really getting in a place where it's quiet and let me take it a step further you might get it quiet but is your heart still? It's two different things. Because I can be in a place and I'm just getting screamed. We have to learn how to practice getting into a quiet place with our souls needed. That's how you build the bricks on the walls. That's how you start levying up those areas that are broken. When he comes upon me, and he begins to love on me in a way that only he can. Oh, my God, I'm talking whole, whole wings of my walls are getting built. I was at the prayer lake Tuesday, and I'm packing my bags because we got a Bible study on Tuesday night at Jerry's house, and I'm getting my bags ready. And I literally heard the Spirit say to me, don't go. Holy Spirit, do you know it's my anniversary? <laughs> you, you must not got that memo. Do you, do you know it's my And so I said, okay, Lord. And I, I, I went and put myself in a quiet, vulnerable place. And for one hour, prophetic intercession came out of me so powerful for our region, for you, for my family. I can't even describe to you what came, the word, if I could recreate the words that, I, it was volumes of things, a flood came out of me. I'm weeping, I'm crying, praying for Pastor Butch and Susan. I didn't even know 
that all this was going to go down with, with them might not going on the trip. And, but anyway, <laughs> I hear this voice say to me, it's finished. It's beautiful, loving voice. How many of y'all know that'll restore your soul right there? <laughs> oh, I was so full of rest. And then I had to come home Wednesday. <laughs> Back into the fight of business. And this is what we need, guys. If we're going to effectively defeat the enemy in our life, there's two kinds of rest. We need the rest I just mentioned. But I do believe you need a Sabbath day's rest. We need to take care of our souls. I, I don't know how to do that, y'all. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I've figured it out because I haven't. But I know it's the answer. I know if you don't learn how to unplug, you won't plug into him. You have to take rest. You have to slow things down. You have to just do nothing sometimes. Get off your phone. Listen, your soul was not made for an iPhone. It wasn't. It's damaging our souls. I'm not saying it in itself is bad, but listen, if I can't put it down and can't pick up my Bible, something's wrong. If I can't, if I can't go into prayer without scrolling on Facebook, something is wrong. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Number two, I got to move. So much good stuff I'm going to leave behind here. All right, number two, because I'm going to honor what my pastor has taught me. Number two. No, number one. Go back to number one. I got to say this, y'all. I'm sorry. We'll just call this number two, but it's really number one, all right? Meditate on the word, Joshua 1.8. I, I think I'm going to end on, the, on this first thing. How about that? I'll just, I'll maybe just give y'all the points, the three, four, and I'm going to just end. I'm going to finish preaching this in the next minute to two. All right, meditate on the word, Joshua 1.8. This book of the law shall not depart from your, everybody say mouth. This is the problem right here. Listen, it's part of the problem. The book, the Bible, who's got a Bible? Where's the word? I need a Bible. Look, this right here. He's saying, I want you to put this in your mouth. And he says, I don't want it to depart or to leave your mouth. Here's where the power of my life changes right here. When I got this word on my mouth, on the tip of my tongue, somebody need to start writing some index cards up in here. You need to get this word in your mouth. I'm me too. I need this word. It says it shall not depart from your mouth. The problem is something else gets in my mouth, and I start confessing something over myself. I ain't got no business wow. confessing over myself. And here's what distinguishes the lies of Satan right here. When I start preaching over myself, speaking over myself, speaking over others, that's how you defeat the enemy. And the scripture says, but you shall meditate. Here's the reason why it's not in our mouth. Because we're truly not meditating on it. And to meditate means to ponder, to imagine. How often are we imagining imagining the negative thing than imagining the thing that God has said is absolute and all-sufficient. How often are we thinking about what's bad going on rather than what we got going for us and what God has done in our life 
Come on, somebody. So the scripture says that you may observe to do according to all that is written. Now watch this. How many of y'all want this? For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have, come on, somebody. Who wants success? I got to learn to meditate on this. I had a, a counselor at the home of grace, John Wadsworth. And one thing he taught me, I never forgot this. He talked about the power of meditation and the power of imagination. Here's where I think is a key for us today. This is how we're going to change this game. This is how we're going to bring the enemy on our turf. It's time that we start taking time to meditate on good things that are going to happen in our day rather than bad things. It's time for us to start imagining me getting a promotion at work. It's time for me to start imagining that fear is leaving me and that peace and shalom is coming into me. It's time for me to start imagining during the day to day I'm going to touch three people in the name of Jesus and their lives are going to change. I've got to start putting new imaginations in me. What would your life look like if you would see yourself powerful? If you would see yourself full of love, what would your life look like if you loved yourself? What would you look like? I can't love others unless I love myself. Or the measure that I love myself, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to love others. Here's the healing bomb right here. Give yourself a break today. Jesus is mad about you. He desires you. He wants you. And one of the things I remember John Wadsworth taught us, he said, if you ever, he was talking to a group of men, he says, if you ever had a lustful thought about a woman, he says, you take that woman, you picture that woman in your head. And he says, you look at her and you see daddy God standing right over her. That's scary. He says, then I want you to think, take it a step further. I want you to see her as a six-year-old little girl. When the enemy comes to put a lustful thought in your mind, you, you have the power that God has given you to take that imagination and change it. Don't accept the lies of the enemy. For there's a strength and a power and a river inside of us through Christ, through salvation, for us to turn it around. For behold, he says, I'll turn all things for good. Who's ready to make a change in their life? Would you stand with me? It's time, guys, that we start operating in an eternal perspective. Listen, I want to make this, I want to make this statement right now. So, the reality of our life, I know we deal with stuff now, every day. You know, the things I talked about, loving ourselves, the condemnation, the fear, all that stuff. But man, if we could ever get to a place where we filter every thought through the lens of eternity. Let me, let me tell you a true statement here. Hell is a real place. Hell is real. And here's the thing. There are people in my family that are going there. They have not repented and given their life to Jesus yet. That bothers me. When I think about the world, as the scripture says that most people are going, that the way to heaven is narrow, the way to hell is broad. When I start thinking about that, it changes my perspective of what I'm going through. Is anyone here today?
that if you died today, you got sin in your life. You got broken walls, man. You're doing stuff that God wouldn't approve of. Is there anyone here today that needs Jesus to repair your walls and bring you back into his arms? He's here for you. Every eye closed, every head bowed. If you're here today and the Holy Spirit is tugging on your heart to get right with God, I want to see your hand. Yep, I see it. Yep. 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 Amen. 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 Jesus. So right where you are, let's let's ask the Father to just flood you with his love. Say this with me, everyone. Lord Jesus. I admit that I'm a sinner. I admit that I have broken walls. Would you heal me? Would you forgive me? I believe in you with my whole heart. I confess my sin to you right now. And I ask you to save me. Change me into your image. Today I repent of my sins and I'm running towards you and I'm running away from all sin in Jesus name Amen and then there are some of us that are here today and you know that you're saved you're born again you love God but man you keep struggling with the same thing over and over and over again and you just cannot seem to get freedom in that area. I believe the Lord is going to heal you today. I believe the Lord is going to touch you in such a way today that you will not recognize yourself in the next three months. Come on, somebody give God a hand, a hand clap on that. You will not recognize yourself in the next three months. He didn't come all this way today. He didn't preach all he preached today. He didn't come to this point to leave you where you are. The scripture says that he that begun a good work will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. If you're here today and you would say, Brother Kevin, I got some areas in my life. I got some walls. I know the enemy. I got some cracks. I got some gaping holes and I got some uh, breaking walls that I need healing from and I need healing. I want that. If that's you I'm speaking to, come up to this altar. We're going to lay hands and we're going to pray for you. And we're going to believe the dynamic power of the Holy Ghost to touch you today and to begin to mend those breaches and bring you in alignment and in agreement with Him. Pastor Carl, can you help me pray? Pastor Mick, are you working at Welcome Center? You are? Jesus, Jesus. Today's a breakthrough day. Today's a breakthrough day. Today's a breakthrough day. I want to tell you guys today, he wants to love on you. He wants to love on you. Oh, open your, I want you to open your hearts right now. I'm telling you, just allow his love to come into you. Allow his spirit to touch you the way he wants to touch. Make yourself vulnerable in your heart. John, would you come up here and pray with me? Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit. It's a new day. It's a new day. In the name of Jesus. He has great work for you to do right now. Oh, but his work for you is to sit at his feet 
His work for you is to love yourself. His work for you is to live in Him and Him in you. Every breach, everything that hinders your thoughts and your mind from being on Him. Right now, He's healing you. He's healing you. I feel His love all over you. His love is all over you. It's a new day. It's a new day. Spirit of God. Spirit of God. Oh, my Lord, Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, come to the altar. The Father's arms are open. He thinks you're amazing. God, God even looks at your Forgiveness was born with 
precious blood of Jesus Christ so come to the altar the Father's arms are open wide forgiveness was born with the precious blood